You're so weird. Hi, folks. Should I do the last warning right now because Hound is up in Ursula's Grill? No. Our content warnings for this week are cancer, ADHD, the pandemic, long COVID. Uh, I think I should probably throw some stuff in there about poverty and uh, 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 the uh, depression. So not like depression, but the Great Depression, because there's a little talk about that. Um, anyway, yeah, those are our content warnings. And after that, we have animals, as you might have noticed. One of which was trying very hard to climb into my lap, despite being a large dog and me sitting on a yoga ball. She really likes climbing on your lap. I mean, she... And snuggling. She is a very affectionate hound. She really is. Uh, so we will often... Swear. Swear. Usually not at Hound. No, no. Usually at... Sergei. Prince Sergei himself. Where are you, Miss? Where are you, sir? There you are. You just had treats, so I, I hope you're going to be kind tonight. He won't be kind tonight. All right. So, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 313. A palindrome. I know. And we have a returning guest, uh, Sandra Taylor, uh, Howard Taylor's wife, will be back on the interview portion. And we will kind of fill in the other side of, like, the adjustments and structures and changes that have happened in the Taylor household since we last spoke. Especially since Howard has long COVID. Yeah. Like, whoa, has long COVID. Um, in the meantime... Uh, work continues to be work. Uh, I, I, I am stressed from all the things, not just work. And so, uh, I think it was two weeks ago now, I went to my doctor and I said, so let's talk about upping my medication. And she was like, yes, this is a thing we can do. So that's where we are now. Which, uh, I actually just spoke to my regular general practitioner today. I uh, did a virtual call, and she was like, do we need to up your anxiety meds? Is, is anything? And weirdly, no, we don't. Uh, but it's it, when things are very stressful, that will change your brain chemistry. It is oh, yeah. okay to be like, I think this is not working, and I need a little more. Yeah, yeah, which is where I was at. So yes, there we are. And it's fine. It's fine. This is, you know, this is just part of life. Uh, you bought me a massage last week. Yes, uh, the uh, we have a, a little spa place in town, and uh, I had gone there on a whim uh, a couple months ago. Um, actually, while I was waiting, I think, for my biopsy results. Yeah, so it hasn't even been a month and a half yet. No, it has. I think we're at two months now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and... Uh, the nice woman there, uh, the, the reception was like, I suggest you do not get the deep tissue massage unless you're really sure because she, she's got strong hands. And I went for the Swedish and was like, wow, yeah, this is, uh, this is just about as much as I can take. But I knew that Kevin, who has back muscles like stone and granite and steel girders, uh, would appreciate her skills, so I booked uh, him a massage there. Uh, in you know, just because you've been doing all the things and you're yeah. stressed, and I could do that. And 
it seemed like it might make you less stressed. And an hour later, and a lot of... Wincing, I'm sure. Yes, a lot of good pain. Um, I came out not knowing how to feel because all of my muscles had suddenly, like, unclenched. And they've been slowly reclenching, that's, that's expected. But uh, there was one in, like, just below my right shoulder blade that she was like, I didn't think we were going to get that not to un unlock. And I was like, I almost tapped out because it hurt more than my chest tattoos. And so, yeah, it, um, massages, but it's worth it. Massages, it's worth it. Uh, like, you can get very nice, gentle massages. If you have not had one, do not let this frighten you. I know that some people are oh, like, yeah. aren't they terribly painful? And no, no. That deep tissue massage can be excruciating but like there are very nice light not painful massages it's just when they're like getting in there basically doing sort of a grim physical therapy kind of oh. hands-on thing that yes it can it can get a little yeah rough. and she was she she was just like we're doing this and i'm like okay so yeah, so yeah. I, I will I will have to, to book you another one in a few weeks because, like, even your restless leg was better for a couple of days. I don't know if that was because of the massage or because I had, like, a three-day weekend for the company shut it down day this past weekend. I don't know either, but yeah. you've had those before and not suddenly, like, not had restless leg for three days. That's so. fair. That's fair, yeah. And we can try again for, for you know... The sake of, of experimentation. Experimentation, science. yeah. We have to replicate for it to be science. Yeah, if it turns out I'm carrying all of my stress in my oh, thigh hi, muscles. Hound. Oh, Hound is back, yes. Then um, that'll be a thing. Uh, but And you, you are responding to treatment. I am responding very well to treatment. Uh, in I have had uh, three of the heavy-duty ACT... ATC? The Red Devil. The Red Devil, uh, yeah, that's what I recall. The big... They give me two big red syringes of what looks like Kool-Aid. Yeah. For, uh, uh, and in addition to all of the other stuff, and then um, and then I pee red for uh, an hour or two, which is an experience. But uh, apparently some people can cry red, which is just goth as fuck. That's wicked cool. But uh, Probably it's, disconcerting. It'd be like, you know, the vampires crying blood and, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Except it wouldn't look like blood; it would look like red Kool Aid. Still, it's it's. But anyway, uh, so um, and it's heavy duty, and I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of a lot. Like, but it's not like it destroys me utterly. It's just I have a week of fatigue and uh, sort of brain fog, and I have been being good and taking it easy, but. Uh, I can't find Bob the tumor anymore. Like, he was shrinking and squishier after two sessions. Now I literally cannot find him in my boob. Um, he is apparently the same density now as the surrounding breast tissue. So there's some stuff that I'm like, am I poking Bob or am I poking just like regular lumps? You know, since I have fairly dense cystic breast tissue. Goodbye, Bob. So, uh,. That's great, and when I see my oncologist on uh, Monday, Monday. <laughs> yes, uh, she will probably, you know, grope me and be like, <laughs> holy crap, 
That's awesome. This was a possibility. Something like 60% of people, the tumor basically goes away from chemo. They still have to remove it. I don't know how much they have to remove. I, I, I genuinely don't. I'm going to see the cancer surgeon in like two weeks, and she'll do an ultrasound and see. And she'll know better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, we'll cover how much lumpectomy, but the less we have to take out, obviously, the better it is as far as, uh, you know, scarring and all, all that, that stuff. Goes. Yeah. And the and divot and. She doesn't think there's going to be a divot. Oh, wow. I mean, which seems impossible because, granted, that, you know, Bob was the size of a walnut. I was expecting they would just take out this walnut size, like, you know, uh, melon baller scoop out of my <laughs> boob. And it was, you know, there'd just be like a, yeah, like a divot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bob is like, where is Bob? So. Uh, we'll uh, We'll work with that. Yeah, so it's going great, um, and uh, this is this is as good an outcome as you get with with breast cancer, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this variety, certainly. So, uh, yay me! Yay you! And I think that's really about all that's been going on. I mean, I've got like a side project, <clears throat> and starting the giant mag prep. Because that is a multi-month process. Um, and we've been playing video games in the evenings. Yes, which has been lovely, really. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. been, I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It yeah. does also mean we're a little behind on all our shows, but... I mean, we we had had caught up with most of our... Uh, uh, yeah, there's one or two that we need to actually watch, like Ahsoka, but... Uh, yeah, and I really want to know what what is happening now with the with the vampires oh yeah what we do in the shadows and um but uh yeah and only murders in the building has has started the new season so but we were you know just like mostly binging old cartoons and stuff yeah so uh uh it's like why don't we play some co-op seven days to die and co-op grounded. Yes. Which I have, I was a little skeptical of, but I've gotten more on board with as we go. Yes, grounded yeah. is a lot of fun. Um, it's it's a lot less stressful, I think. Uh, Seven Days to Die, I find the zombies like sort of stressy, like they they. They're, they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's 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 a survival mm-hmm. horror game. Yeah, yeah. Grounded is 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 kind of cute. <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, basically. It's set in the very, in like 1990, so yeah. it has the whole, a lot of the 80s aesthetic going on. And they did a really good job with uh, the shrinking everything and making things like, you know, uh, it, it's cute. It is. It is. Um, I'm just, it, and it has an actual ending. Yes. Yeah, there there is a I, I guess a quote unquote win condition. Yeah, there for is. It. Uh, yeah, uh, there are apparently two endings possible. There's the good ending and the bad ending, and I don't know how you get one or the other. But we are uh, slowly making headway, and of course, and the way we play these, I build the base, and Kevin goes out and harvests materials and yes. fights zombies usually. Or in this case, harvest materials and fights spiders. Spiders. There is an arachnophobia setting. Yes, there you, is. Uh, mm-hmm. That has, I believe, it has like a slider, so um, you can go from fighting very simplified spiders because otherwise, all the bugs are fairly realistic. Uh, yeah, and boy, and uh, I love that the 
the ladybugs are just like, we are peaceful and we, we just hang around. And if you don't mess with us, we don't mess with you. And then if you mess with one, it's like, now you die. Yeah, they're, they're brutal. There is, uh, there is actually an, uh, in, I think it's the invasive ladybug or some kind of, right. Uh, a, a, there's a very hostile ladybug in the upper yard. We haven't gotten ah, to yet. Okay. But, okay. but anyway, it is a lot of fun mm -hmm. and, uh, it is, I, I recommend it highly, uh, but like yeah. you get to build a base and you can make, you know, easy chairs out of uh, leather from the juniper berries in the hedge and stuff. It's, oh, it's yeah, very cute. Yeah. Um, oh, um, and the other thing I discovered in the last week, uh, was that they redid star blazers. They did redid basically the, um, uh, space battleship Yamoto series. It's space battleship Yamoto 2199. Uh, is the first one, and I have to say, it hits me in all of the nostalgia, only they've improved it with new art, new new stuff, uh, some new ship designs. I mean, it's still very classic, but, oh, it's just great. And then the second series is available as, I guess it's um, 2202, um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to finding time to watch that. Um, I also found, because you, I think, need to see this, is that, uh, Gatchman, aka Battle of the Planets, is finally getting a proper DVD release and not just like bootlegs of. Okay. What was the one that was, um, uh, they did the, the US like version was, God, why, why am I thinking like Wing Force or something? That's not it. But uh, they all wore wingsuits with wings. That's that's um, yeah, that's Battle of the Planets. Yeah, I've seen the U.S. version, and it is yeah, and like there there was a re-release and like a redub, and I was all excited about it. And whoever did it just leaned into the camp, and I was hoping for like we're finally getting a good version, like close to the original, because I have, like, VHS tapes of Laserdisc grips of the original Japanese with no subtitles, no dubbing, and just watching that, it is a much better show than the American version was. Well, the American version was, like, kids' TV, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was Voltron, basically. Before Voltron existed. Yeah. Uh, now they've, they're doing a big DVD release, like, of the full set. So I'm just like, yes, please. Um, and it's cheap and it will be here next month. I'm not judging. Yeah. No. We, we, we can, I made you rewatch all of She-Ra. You did. Which holds up well. It does. No, she is brilliant. Uh, we the, the, we love the, the princesses of power. Yeah. Yes. That is, so. It, it seems to hold up better than the, um, the 80s uh, D&D series. Yeah, I I wanted to like that one, and I was just like... I mean, I've always had the problem watching it that, you know, I'm a paladin yeah. girl, and the Cavalier is a whiny asshole, but he's right a lot of the time. Yeah, no. And, but he was uh, uh, he was never allowed to be right. Uh, right, yeah. I, the, the show writers were like, we were very clear... He was never allowed to be right. So you're watching going, okay, but he kind of is. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing, is like, he's not a paladin. Paladins and cavaliers, this is all... Yeah, like, this is all classic d and First problems. edition, yeah. yeah, like Thacko rules. And, um... And I know Thacko, but mostly because I played so many TS, uh, so many um, SSI games yeah. on my Amiga. So glad I'm not playing We that Thacko no longer is the rule, because, phew, boy, took a while to wrap my little preteen head around that oh i'm and whereas i'm like anytime you want to go back to thacko i, I know exactly what i'm doing with that yeah yeah anyway anyway we should listen to this interview we should it's a great interview uh, i had a sit down with sandra taylor and we went about like the social sort of impact of the pandemic and like you know how her life has been rearranged and all the other things. And we're going to have that right after this because I guess the dog thinks someone is here to kill us. That's because someone is. Oh, okay. Not to so, kill us. Yeah, no, but we'll be right back after this. Folks, okay, so last week we talked to Howard Taylor. This week I am overjoyed to have the other half of Hypernode Publishing, Hypernode Media, I can't remember, yeah. Hypernode Media, uh, Sandra Taylor on today. And so, yeah, this is really cool. Um, and we haven't talked in forever, so this is absolutely fantastic and a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Sandra, can you introduce yourself even better than I just did, which is probably going to be significantly, and uh, tell us what it is you do? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I am Sandra Taylor. Um, I'm clearly married to Howard Taylor. Um, we've shared a creative business for 20-plus uh, years at this point, full-time. Um, that takes the form of a small corporation that basically publishes books and comics. Um, it's, it's our own small press, but mostly what it publishes is our own stuff. Um, I run the fulfillment. I run the accounting. I run all of the small business management stuff. I'm also a, a writer of my own things and a collaborator on many of Howard's things. Um, and so all of our creative output and stuff is, is tangled up together. Um, another thing that I do is uh, I give presentations and uh, lectures at events talking about, you know, structuring your life and creativity and how to make it all work. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like, I could keep going on the things that I <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, but that that's I feel like that's a relatively good summary of of the things. Yeah. Um it occurs to me if we're ever at the same if we're ever going to be at the same event, we should totally pitch the um the care and feeding of your uh of your artist 
panel because that one's uh, I've done it once before and that one with you know the uh, uh, the plus ones of other artists mm-hmm. and writers and it's you know uh, oh my god having uh, uh, the discussion with Christy Scalzi is just amazing if you ever get a chance um, yes I believe it yeah I've been on a panel with a title similar to that and I've taught a lecture of this and it's actually oh wow yeah yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, when I go into the writing excuses retreats, uh, oh, yeah, I yeah. take the family members and I will teach them for an hour. And <laughs> and I've had, like, it's so nice to see the lights go on when they realize, oh, wait, wait, that's just a writer thing. Like, and they realize, oh, okay, that's a, that's a fixed point in my life that I just need to figure out how to work around. Right, right. You know, because uh, some things, yes can be adapted and changed, but other things you just need to treat like roadblocks and work mm-hmm. around them. Oh yeah. No, no. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, what is it? Um, there are two jokes. I think one is I am Ursula's executive function mm-hmm. and two, I often introduce myself to the spouses or, uh, you know, partners of other creative people as hi, my name is Kevin. I'm Ursula Vernon's health insurance. <laughs> so because we live in you know a health yes. insurance hellscape here right um yes i i'm a little jealous of the health insurance so. yeah, yeah yeah um so interesting question side note um are any of these lectures like available online or are they just purely an in-person thing um i am actually starting to record them and put them up on my patreon Awesome. yeah if you join at the creative community level which is 25 dollars a month um, there's, I think four or five now I've got three. I'm going to be teaching at Gen Con in the next couple of months and wow. I add those. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, a couple I will be teaching at the writing excuses retreat. And again, I will add those. So yes. for, you know, there's a seven day three free trial. So you can go and peek at them for yeah, seven yeah. days. And then if you decide it's worth it to you, you can. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. So with all that going on, and now that we know, we, last week we talked to Howard, so we know all of his changes and limitations. Um, yes. uh, how do you keep all these things organized? Uh, also, Ursula says hello, or is Ursula, yeah, oh, Ursula. Ursula's saying hello. Uh, yeah. Hello, so. Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to hello you from a distance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, um, one of the things that, and and this is one of the things the pandemic was oddly useful for, mm-hmm. um, is it gives us all a shared point of context, um, and and that is early in the pandemic. You're talking the the, the full lockdown era. When I talked to my fellow creatives, everybody was like, I'm getting nothing done and I don't know why, because my hours are empty. And and it came around that the pandemic was kind of the elephant in the room of everyone's creative life. Oh, yeah. And the thing, I mean, we mentioned that there are some things you just have to plan around and the pandemic was like that. You couldn't change it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just have to figure out how to live with the elephant. Yep. And and sometimes that means, you know, scooching the furniture to the walls, the elephant gets the middle, 
Um, and sometimes it means literally building a different house and mm-hmm. seeding the old one to the elephant. And, you know, there's, <laughs> there's actually this, um, this hotel in, in Africa, I think it's in Zimbabwe, but I'm not sure. Um, I, I used to have the name in my head, but it it's, was built on an elephant trail and the elephants kept crashing through the hotel. Oh yeah. And, and honestly, if an elephant wants to go through, there's very little a human can build that will stop the elephant from going through. So they built the lodge with a path for the elephants. And it's yeah, no. an active feature now. We, we actually asked when we were in Botswana, mm. um, we asked our guide uh, as we were entering, I forget which park it was. I said, does, does that keep the elephants in? And they were just like, no. <laughs> if the elephant wants to leave, the elephant leaves. That that's to keep people out. I'm like, okay, that's yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair. Yep. Um, um, oh, it's a Mufui Lodge in Zambia. I just remembered I had that written down. Anyway, well, that's not anyway. the one we we stayed at, but no, uh, no. Um, yeah, no. I've seen an elephant fence. They're very very impressive, and they don't keep the elephants out. And this no. comes back to your question. Because a massive change in your health or your life circumstances is like an elephant that tromps through your life and you Mm -hmm. just have to figure out. And sometimes it tromps through and you just have to figure out how to pick up the pieces and rebuild after it's passed. But sometimes it shows up and sets up camp. And yeah. Yeah. And that is a bit where we're at with Howard's long COVID which is uh, we've got this elephant, this massive change in our lives. And we've come to the realization that uh, we just have to cohabit with this. Um, We have to find ways to work around it. We have to assume that this is what we get. Right. And build our lives around what's possible today. And that even becomes more that's a question you ask every morning, you know, what is possible today? Because it's not the same as what was possible yesterday. We right. don't, we get a very variable um, capacity going on. Um, and, and the other big thing that I learned from the pandemic is that grief itself is a creative process. Grief is the process by which you deconstruct what was and build what comes next. And so when you are dealing with grief, whether it's grief over a diagnosis or grief over a death or grief over any, or just any kind of massive life shift, even positive ones, you have oh, to, yeah. it sucks creative energy from anything else you want to be doing because you are literally reconfiguring your life around and creating what comes next. And so for those of you who are listening to this, when it's happening in August, uh, we're recording this in at the very end of June. So this is right around the time that Ursula, like we are two weeks almost out from when she was diagnosed with cancer. And that is the elephant that is moving into our house right now. And, um, 
I think very similar to where you were when you were figuring out that Howard has long COVID and this is what's actually going on. Um, we're in a very uncertain, sort of a very uncertain place. We'll get more certainty at the next, uh, at our first appointment with the chemo doctor. We'll talk about schedules and actually, you know, what all of it actually means. We already have, you know, a chunk, but there's this huge, like, the elephant is there, but we don't know what we need to do to work around it, mm -hmm. right? Th theoretically, the elephant goes away in a couple months. Right. But, you know, how do we, we, we have to, and I, I am surprised that you saying the grief bit, because I went through a chunk of that last week because everything settled in and it was like, oh, you know, after talking to her surgeon, this is real. This is what it means in real terms. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, it's not so abstract. And so there was a lot of adjusting and, you know, staring at my, um, I actually have a, a thing on my wall in my office where I can see it. It says um, disaster recovery plan, right. um, denial, anger, you know, the, the five stages of grief, right. because that's, <laughs> that's, that's the disaster recovery plan for so many people. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. You make that parallel as we are in the process of going through that right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's different. Like everybody's health issue is different. You know, yours came yeah. with kind of a big bang and it's, it mm -hmm. is not just the big bang. It is the big C it's the one everyone's always afraid of. And now suddenly right. it's yours. And whereas, uh, Howard's experience and my experience is more like kind of a seeping tide that just keeps <laughs> coming in. You know, and, yeah. and it ebbs yeah. and flows and, and it's just like the, the high tide line mm -hmm. moved and now our house gets drenched frequently, you know, and, yeah. and, and so that's a different, it is a different experience, but it's also not, mm -hmm. you know, because it is still this reconfiguration of life and it is still, grief is stupid and sloppy and messy and, and, uh, and spills where it shouldn't or we think it shouldn't. Um, yeah. You know, and we are still every once in a while getting hit with, you know, this is what we have. This is mm -hmm. what we get. And being sad about this is what we get. Yeah. Um, and, and there are so many good days, but there are also just these days where we both just sit there mm -hmm. and are sad in our own parallel but separate ways <laughs> Be and that's that's actually a thought i i've been tr thinking about writing an essay to explore because our griefs we're grieving the same event but our experiences of it are very different because he's the one who has to actually be tired right and i'm the one who has to help and be tired from helping and and there are days, you know, and the emotional, you know, he gets to quietly resent the fact that I can still go do stuff. And I right. get to quietly resent the fact that there's stuff I want him to do and he's not doing. And then we talk about it and don't quietly resent anymore because you that's like the right. yeah. show up <laughs> and you you look at them in the face and say, okay, I see you resentment, but the resentment is a secondary emotion. It comes from 
sadness. It yeah. comes from depletion. It comes, we don't resent and we're not bitter and we're not jealous unless we have a lack in our own life. If we uh, it's, can fill that lack, then those go away. I, I have a, um, a, a meme I picked up. I think it was work and that was, you know, um, X number of problems have been solved just by having a snack, right? Because <laughs> hangry is something, you know, hangry, you know, why aren't you doing X? Why aren't you doing Y? That builds resentment. And then you have a snack and you're like, I'm being silly. The exactly. moment you talk, talking about it is like having that snack. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Because if um, you, if you don't communicate say- it, it doesn't go out. It, it just builds and yeah, yeah. terrible. Well, and what, one of the things that I've learned, you know, longevity of relation, we're coming up on 30 years here. Oh um, yeah. No, by the way, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank yes. You. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is the recognition that yes, we absolutely need to talk about it. We don't necessarily need to talk about it while we're in the middle of it. Right. <laughs> I'm having a hangry moment. I should go eat and sort my own brain and then I can come back and then we can circle back the wagons and say, okay, so I was hangry and I was a bit sharp with you and I'm sorry about mm. that. And then, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and and you can resolve it that way. Or, you know, if it's a, it's still an emotional issue, we can come back and say, okay, so when you said that thing, that, that still stings a little bit. And can we maybe, mm-hmm. you know, not go there again. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so have any of the, the tools or methods you're using with all of this changed? Um, Howard was like all about how he is now all about those shared spreadsheets. Yes. Like they are his lifeline right now. Yes. The shared spreadsheets, honestly, are a beautiful discovery because they would have been helpful even before. Um, right. <laughs> <and it's, laughs> like I'm like looking back and thinking all those years we were not using this um, because they're, they're mostly an ADHD adaptation, not a fatigue adaptation. Right. Um, and they would have been useful the whole time. Um, the uh, we are relying more heavily on because of the fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, where I used to be able to, I've always been, sorry, starting in a slightly different place. Right. That's uh, fine. You mentioned fine. being Ursula's executive function. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I am the executive function for my entire household. It has five people in it. Um, so, oh dear. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm the only one who has an abundance of executive function. Everyone else has a certain amount, but I have this abundance. Um, right, right. it is, it is one of the, the traits of my brain that's incredibly useful to our household. Um, so I have always been the holder of things, you know, I, data comes in, tasks come in, Howard tracks some, but he cannot hold on to all of them. And so, uh, I end up holding in my head tasks and I likened them to marbles. It's like a handful of marbles that I have to hold and I have to wait for the moment when he's ready to receive a marble. Right. And I used to be able to hand them off in threes and now I can hand them off in ones. Um, And so I end up, and I've had to adapt my personal coping strategies 
to so with a larger marble holding capacity. So I'm not literally holding them in my fists because if I'm mm-hmm. holding them in my hands, they fall through the fingers and roll under the couch and I oh, can yeah. use them too, you know? Um, and so I have to build marble holders and strategies for uh, clearing them off of my desk, but making sure that they will come back to my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I heavily use the snooze feature in email. Ah, yes. Yeah. And so I boomerang things and say, okay, I will think about that in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that with your your invitation. I'm like, great. Yes. It's scheduled. Yes. I've boomeranged it. I will think about it again on the day. Right. Um, I've discovered a flaw as I've been relying on this more mm-hmm. that I end up with boomerang days where past me over three months all decided this day was a good day to think about all of the things. <laughs> yeah. Um, because there's that whole default, right? Where it's just like, Oh yeah, do it. We'll, I'll, you know, let's look at that next month. Let's look at that next month. What they don't tell you is next month means the first of the month or next week means 8am Monday. They all show up. Um, I, tend yeah. to, I, I, it's usually after, like, I'll think about that after the writing excuses retreat, or I'll think about that after Gen Con. And, mm-hmm. and so like the Monday after, uh, <laughs> and so I've actually started being a little more strategic and thinking about, okay, I want to pick that Monday, but I feel like I've picked that Monday three times. So maybe I, right. will, I will think about this one on Tuesday. The other thing that I do is I assign types of tasks to days, you know, Monday mm-hmm. is an email and phone call day, but Tuesday is more of a writing day or Wednesday is a, you know, a social day. And by giving the days kind of categories, then when a tap, when I boomerang a task out into the future, I try, I try and land it on the right category of day. Um, and that right. spreads it out a little bit. Um, I still end up with like, I boomeranged three different emails for this interview um, and they all landed on the same day, but like we communicate, like there was the one invite and yeah, then a yeah. reminder. And then there was a, you know, and so I ended up with wham, three emails, which I was able to pretty quickly dismiss because I literally had it on my calendar and I'm fine, right. but I still had to choose to dismiss it. Out of curiosity, this is, this is my, I may be able to help brain happening. What email client are you using? Just Gmail, straight up Gmail. There is a program. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, an add on called active inbox. Okay. Which is built around David Allen's getting things done methodology. Mm -hmm. But one of the things it does is you can say snooze three weeks from now and instead of it assuming whatever, it's literally three weeks from now. And it makes it very easy to go in and say, what have I got? What have I already got boomeranging on that day? Mm. What have I already got do that day? So you can get those counts. It will, if you look at your Gmail inbox on anything other than Gmail or the active inbox client, you will see a whole lot of folders. And it makes me twitchy about that. Mm-hmm. So you know, but I have used it successfully for that sort of thing in the past Interesting. because it's, it's designed around, I guess the David Allen 
philosophy that your inbox is your to, which should not be your to-do list is also where all of your tasks end up anyway. So let's move them so that we don't see them until they're actually necessary to be done. Yeah, I still miss G tasks. It was uh Oh an, god, yeah. I missed it was so wonderful. And uh this email boomeranging method literally is my workaround for trying to recreate the functionality that I lost yeah. when they discontinued that. It made me so sad. I mean the the two the the Google to do's are still there. They're just not as good. No. Um, no, the fun- the core function of I will assign this to my future self, and I need to I don't have to see it at all until then. Yeah, I I need yeah. my tasks to not show up on my calendar because then my right. calendar looks like a train wreck, and I get freaked out about what I have to do. And mm-hmm. and so yeah, I do that. And then the other thing I do is I actually have, and I'm gonna hold this up so Kevin can see it. Else. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a uh, kind of a bullet journal thing. Yes. Where I'm literally uh, writing down the list and I do two weeks at a time. And there is something about handwriting the tasks. And, and then there's the list of these, this is going to happen this day and this is going to happen this day. Mm-hmm. And then there's the list of these need to happen, but they can float. Ah, yes. I, I switched. This is actually the official 20, 20- second edition bullet journal notebook i had to switch because i the there was too much i can take it and it's out of my head and into the into the electronic thing or whatever all of my electronic methods stopped working and so yeah i you know i went back to paper because it's what i i it's right. what works and it's an excuse to use all of my fancy inks and fancy pens you can have colors and stickers. Oh, yeah. I like colors uh, and stickers. Um, yeah. So now I have to ask, is the, what, what kind of notebook is that? It is literally like an Amazon Basics dot journal cheapo thing. And this one, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm regretting the cheap one because this, the binding is completely like falling apart on this one. Fortunately, it only needs to last about five more days, and then I can get a new one. So, I mean, I can I can honestly say the uh, the Lecturum nineteen seventeen, even if it's not the official bullet journal with all of the mm-hmm. the things on it, the, they're just great notebooks in general. Um, cool. You have to add on your own pen loop thing, but uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I like um, the ones that have the built in elastic that I can just kind of clip the pen to the top of. Oh yeah, this you could clip. I can't clip the pens because none of the pens like this is a, a shark. Oh, uh, uh, you have shark. Nice pens. Yeah, well, it's it's not a very expensive fountain pen, but uh, you know, I, I like to write with fountain pens. It's I had a thing. fountain pen and I was using it, and uh, the ink quality, uh, which is that's a whole rabbit hole. Um, oh yeah, no, we could talk for hours about different inks. I, I have, I have a little notebook I have right here of all the ink colors I have samples of and um, swaths, so I can just look through and see what I want to put in the pen next. Nice, right? Yeah, um, so nice. I have a problem. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm and aware I have I'm a problem. I'm just gonna can of worms and say you and I should just sit down and, and squee over inks and pens at some point when we're not. Oh yeah, yeah, but not right now. Yes, 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 <laughs> exactly. yes. Um, Anyway, uh, so keeping myself organized in, uh, I'm, I'm kind of referring to your questions that you yeah, yeah, yeah. just to kind of keep us in, in, uh, 
the zone. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Um, but, um, one of the, this is a little bit of a harder question for me to answer because my brain automatically organizes things in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have a task tracking feature on my brain that engages even when I don't want it to. I was visiting with a friend in March one year and she described her travel plans for Thanksgiving and the fact that she had a very tight uh, connection between, I think, a train and a plane or something like that. Oh, yeah. We talked about it in March. In November, I got anxious to know whether she made her plane because my brain kept track of it. I, yeah, I can't, I can't talk about... Yes, that's, that's a thing that has happened. Um... Yeah. And I mean, like, mm. my brain does that. And it's an anxiety function. It's very mm-hmm. definitely linked to my anxiety. Um, and it is, as a parent, a thing I've had to spend the last five years deliberately disconnecting because my mm-hmm. children, my youngest is 20 and doesn't yeah. need me to track things. And in fact, stop doing that, mom. Um, <laughs> you know. And your oldest, she doesn't even live with you anymore, right? No, she's so. married. Yeah, yeah. Have, gonna have a baby, you know. She's gonna. Oh go my! How Howard didn't tell me that bit. Oh, oh yes. my god! Yes, yes. Congratulations! Congratulations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, grandparent adventures coming right up. Yeah, I am in no rush for that. I, no. I keep telling my boys, take your time. You know. I'm not. So. A, I I think I'm gonna like it. I wasn't in a rush to get to it. But they're ready for it, and so here we go. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yep. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's that's interesting. I've been. I need to email her because I've been. I think I invited her on once, and it fell into the yeah. rabbit hole. Yes, and so now I'm mentioning it to you because <laughs> I'm kidding. I, yep, I'm kidding. I will not. You've you've actually engaged the tracking brain. I will. I will. Uh, I'll send an email after we're done. Connect you. Yeah. To so, but she would love to yeah. do Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I for all I know, it's somewhere in my hypernode, my hypernode Discord. There was a response, and it just got shuffled away. Probably. So <laughs> I don't because I don't have capacity to keep up with everything on Discord. No, no, right? And that's yeah. that. I think one of the key things is to look at how your brain actually works. Because even, you know, Howard's, we we make jokes about Howard's executive function. There are things that his brain absolutely tracks and won't lose track of. And there are different things that my brain tracks and won't keep, won't lose track of. And, Mm -hmm. and so, um, and so that's one of the things that I, I always counsel people is look at what comes naturally to your brain. How do you roll with that? Instead of trying to make your brain match the environment, make your environment match your brain. Um, you know, even to the point of physically rearranging your house, we've got a kitchen remodel in progress, and oh, a God. lot of the remodel mm-hmm. is deliberately ADHD friendly on purpose. You know, we're going to hang the the ladles and pots and and things on the walls so you can see them instead of hiding them in drawers where they cease to exist. Right. Yeah. I know where everything in the kitchen is, but 
if Ursula is going to make something, she is going to use one of the three pots I have hanging up, and you know that two pounds of spaghetti will go in the the uh, like two and a half quart saucepan instead of the you know five quart pasta right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. With our next kitchen, I think I'm totally going to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I mean, it's been a, a multi-year developing process. You know, we yeah, yeah. You know, one corner got fixed and then another corner got fixed. And we're almost to the point where we're ready to rip apart the actual countertops and stuff. Which oh. is going to drive us nuts. Absolutely crazy for a couple of weeks or a month. Yeah. Um, however, however long it takes to get them ordered, get them in, get the old ones out, get the crew in to put the new ones in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we can, and this is a, again, a, a survival strategy in our household front loading mm -hmm. as much as you possibly can. You know, right. I'm going to, I'm going to order, I'm doing the refinishing on the cabinets myself because I like to do that. Um, and we can get a, a product that we can't otherwise get. So yes. I'm going to order the cabinets. And I'm going to finish them and then they're going to sit in the garage and the flooring right. is already sitting in the garage. And we will wait until we have the appropriate pile of money to pay for countertops, which mm -hmm. is a pile. Um, and then yeah. we're not going to end up tearing out and then waiting for ordered things to show up other than the countertops. We are right. instead going to have everything ready to go. Just yeah. Before you disrupt the patterns, mm -hmm. make sure that everything is as ready as it possibly can because pattern disruptions throw us off, Howard off worse. I mean, I can kind of roll with a disruption. Yes. Yeah. Howard cannot usually. Um, anytime we have to, like, for example, I'm sure he talked about his setup for sketching and all of like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I ordered an outdoor zero gravity chair for myself based on that, Perfect. the cheap one. So yes. So I'm going to be sitting in zero gravity out by the chickens at some point. Absolutely. Um, I yeah. love that. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. But see, from, from my angle, you know, we spend weeks tinkering and making it and then buying more parts and then tinkering again and drawing th three things and then tinkering again. And then, and that process, you know, we've got this two week mm -hmm. period where almost no work is getting done. Right. But when he's done with that, suddenly the work goes. Um, and the big question that we had, and this was, I don't know if he talked about this or not, one of the big scary questions we had to ask ourselves last November when we ran the Kickstarter is, should we do sketch editions at all? Right. Can yeah. his body handle that? Can we make that happen? Can it work? Or is that just to cost us too much? And we really, really, really wanted to do them because we've got people who've been buying books and mm -hmm. getting sketch editions and they, you know, to fail them and not I, be able I, to deliver those last. Yes. Where, where I, is it? Yeah. So there's my, my XDM two right there with the sketch yes. that I kickstarted on that one. My XDM one is on the shelf over there with the sketch he did for me at uh Worldcon in Texas. No, I understand the, it, yeah. it isn't the fancy new full color sketch. Um, right. So right. see, and so, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint yeah, the people. Yeah. And also, 
Hang on, we have to we have to pause for a quick second because I have to help Ursula find the printer paper. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) You have the weird printer. No, no, it's just the paper. uh, Needs more paper. I'm so going to edit this out. Um, And you need where's the open paper thingy for that particular area? So yes, use use this paper, which is the paper that's for that. Don't use any of the other fancy papers, because there's like recycled with embedded seeds in there. There's a four paper. You, you, yeah. Yeah, it's a little fancy for you. Yeah, oh yeah, this is, yeah. I don't know, I might leave that in. It's kind of fun discussion. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, I have a problem. I admit it with, yeah. Fancy, not fancy paper, and um, push the OK button. There you go. Um, yep. All right. So where were we? Front load as much as you can. Yeah, and then, I was, was going to yeah. say, bringing us back to the grieving thing, you know, and the fact right, that, right. We, that we want to deliver the, um, the sketch editions to the backers, but we also, Howard enjoys doing them. Oh, yeah. He loves doing them. And the the thought of him having to give that up. And to recognize that this is another tiny piece of our lives that's lost. This thing that we loved and we don't get to have yeah. And And there are so many of those right now. Okay, I broke it. You yeah. did not break it. Oh. Yes, I did something jammed. See, you shouldn't have told me to do something. You, you, was I, I was telling I... you to pull out the little receptacle thing. No, um, there, it, it's... it's there's oh. A... It's... Is it saying paper jam? Yes, because it had started to draw. There we go. See, this is this is what you get for interfering. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, remove paper tray. Okay, I did that. Printers are are the devil. Pull two green levers inside the machine. Oh, this is this is getting to be way more than I thought it was going to on this one. This is why nah. we don't poke the thing. You're the one who's, who's sitting there, like, grabbing to, like, try waiting, trying to pull it out before it... Um, and it worked! And it worked. One, when you tried to make it more efficient to the engineer's curse. Uh, that's fair. Pull the two green... Yeah, okay. Remove jammed paper. I have removed all the jammed paper. Wow, it's it's like pushy. We'll not let you continue until you have done all of the steps and locked it back into place. Okay, clear jam paper. Install paper tray. I will as soon as I've got the, the one tray. No, no, it's telling you to install it now, not to do the other thing. Okay, well then I'll install paper. All right, okay. I'll trust the printer. Install paper sure tray. They're devious beasts. Yeah, no, fickle things. Press stop. Please wait. Print. Normally, she's the one who's fixing the printer. Oh, not this printer. <laughs> I only do art printers. You only, yeah, she only does art printers. The the thing, okay, there. Um, I think you could should resend the job, and you'll be fine. Um, what type yeah. of printer is it? Uh, it's uh just a brother, um, combo scan print fast. Yes, that's us. That's what we do. Yeah. Although upstairs in her studio, we have the oh my god, so expensive production, acid free, non whatever inks, uh, Epson. Nice. Right? 
Yeah, because when we were doing, I don't know if, if y'all ever did like the print shop stuff where you would have prints right there of things that people want that they could mm -hmm. buy right there at the table. Um, and it was so nice when we offloaded that because it meant she wasn't spending one day a week doing nothing but running prints. Right. Um, you know, we discovered yeah. that the, the finickiness and the upkeep on a color printer was not worth it to us for as often as we used it. And it was right. much easier to just build a partnership with a local print shop. Yeah. For, for her, it was, you know, um, given the amount she was printing it, it, her, the cost benefit, that's, that's the other that direction. Was, yeah. Yeah. We, we had to wait for the cost benefit to tip to the point where the time it was taking to do it was actually costing her more than she was making right. her print. Because the first thought in, in her mind is, well, it only cost me 10 cents for the materials. Therefore, that's artist brain happening right yes. there. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Now that the printer's taken care of, grief process. <laughs> and figuring these things out. No, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, talking, going back to that elephant in the room, going back right. to the, the things that show up in your lives and you just suddenly have to work around and, and running up against the, I've lost this piece. You know, I don't right. get to have this back. Um, or maybe I don't get to have this back. And, you know, I had a friend come up to me and very kindly ask, you know, how Howard was doing, somebody from our neighborhood, um, is mm -hmm. he doing better? You know, is he feeling better? And I was like, <laughs> um, we don't get that. We, yeah, that's no. not the, like, that's not even on the radar, get better. It is, let's not get worse. Mm -hmm. And let's find, and maybe, maybe we can inch our ways towards better, who knows, but I'm not giving up hope on better, but I'm also not going to spend a lot of energy today aimed at better. I'm going to spend right. energy today aimed at how do I make today work given today's parameters? Yeah, because I mean, that's the, that's, there is a very large bit of blanket denial about long COVID yes. happening that you know, that it isn't happening to very many people or, oh, you'll get over it or whatever, not realizing that it, as we know right now, or as far as we know right now, is a debilitating long-term thing you have to deal with. Yeah. Right? And so that's... Um, well, and just breaking yeah. it down and reckon, like coming down to the recognition that we're all pre-disabled. Right. Um, like every Ooh. single one of us is pre-disabled. Um, and some of us are post-disabled and some of us are disabled, but, um, at some point in our life, we will require adaptation. We will require yes. accessibility. We will require, uh, additional tools or management. And, uh, and that might be a temporary visitor in your life when you're young, but as we get older, it's. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it's the way the, what happens yes yes the realization that when the singer says everybody crouch down everybody crouch down and then on three jump i don't jump that way anymore because in the amount of time i'm down there crouching my knees lock up 
right? right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and then you have to, and there is that bit of grief about, mm-hmm. I, I liked the jumping. I liked jumping. Yeah. And you can be sad about that. And that's a completely valid, tiny little grief that yes, on one level doesn't matter, but on the other level, it really does. And, and that is one of the things that we keep tripping over is mm-hmm. all of these tiny little things that we then have to be sad about. And then we have to navigate around the sadness as yeah. well as the elephant, yeah. you know, all the, t- all the, it, it just keeps spilling. Um, and, and we've developed coping strategies for, Oh, this is a nice little sadness. This one fits in the palm of my hand. I'm going to put it in my pocket and deal with it later. Right. But you have to deal with it later because you can't outweigh grief. <laughs> no. no, 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 you can't. You cannot. Um, it, it is incredibly patient and it leaks everywhere if you try and just store it in the back of your brain. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people who has the capacity of saying, okay, I have to deal with, this is what I have to deal with now. This is where it is. And so I'm just turning that off Yep. because I have to do things right now and I have to deal with this because I'm the one who deals with all of these things and then it is dealt with. And then my brain's like, so, Hey, guess what we're doing now? <laughs> and so, you know, I kind of, it's, it's almost like, uh, except I, you can't schedule it or plan it in no. advance because your brain will decide that you know what? You're done and this is a great time. So mm-hmm. let's go. And you have no choice on that. No. No, right. it's it's a it is the physiological cost of mm-hmm. the high efficiency. You know, it is and it is a right. um, it's that fight flight flee freeze, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the fight flight freeze thing. Mm-hmm. Um where you're you're I just get, I get amped up and I'm like, let's go, let's take care of the thing. Let's manage the crisis. Let's handle the thing. And, and then, yeah, I, I collapse. Yeah. On, not on schedule. Um, no. Inconveniently, no. almost always. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And it's, it's not actually a different response if the crisis shows up like the big sea or the rising mm-hmm. tide it doesn't matter. You still, it's just mushy and messy and yeah. Yeah. Tides out for today. We can have our meltdown. Yep. We'll do this again tomorrow when the tide has come back in and gone out again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. One of the, one of the shifts that he probably didn't talk about much, uh, Howard didn't talk about much is, um, my realization with Howard's reduced capacity Mm-hmm. And the we've only got three more schlock books. Um, right. Where does the income come after that? And oh yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Um, and uh, and so I have realized, and I I took a job for it lasted nine months uh, working for a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, and then they had a funding shortfall and couldn't afford me anymore, and that's yeah. I loved mm-hmm. working for them. They were awesome. They loved having me. They wanted to keep me, but money is money. Um, and I, and I can't afford to work for free. Um, uh, yeah, no, but that, I, I don't recommend it. 
no, it's it's unwise on multiple levels. But um, but that was empowering, and because re- I realized mm-hmm. I can just I can go get a job, I can go yeah. do the healthcare if we need it, um, because I have a highly employable skill set right now. But I don't want to. Like I have mm-hmm. the life I want. I don't want to give it up. And so um, I have been putting in a lot more time on, you know, building my Patreon and writing some books mm-hmm. and uh, I call it getting lines into the water because you never know which oh, yeah. fish is going to land, which fish is going to feed the family, but you can't, none of them will unless you put lines in the water. And so, oh, yeah. you know, exactly. And so, um, and so I have this pressure on me to get more things out there that don't require Howard's time and attention as a component mm-hmm. of the production. Right. You know, and so there needs to be more things that I can do without his input, mm-hmm. um, which is in some ways building an entirely separate business line. Um, right. Because, you know, because that we have the collaborative business and we have, and all of that, but um, as we learned early on, transfer mm-hmm. audience is not necessarily transferable. No, it is not. Yeah. Um, um, ooh, I, I feel in some ways incredibly lucky that a lot of diggers, or that we are incredibly lucky that a lot of diggers' audience did transfer over to uh, some the, many of the novels and the other things that Ursula did or is doing but that's not always the case. I mean, right. You know, and you have to, um, you know, horror, the horror novels as T Kingfisher were fully a reaction to being a children's book author. Nice. Um, like <laughs> you, you won't let me, you, what do you mean? You won't let me have, have the heroine threaten to burn the house down, you know, uh, but grown up, but other, but okay, fine. I'll just write the books I want to write. And right. with all the horrible things I'm not allowed to put in the children's books. Yeah. Right. Um, but see, and that's one of the things, one of the things you had going for you there is yeah. that Ursula brings a very specific energy to everything she creates. And right. people, when, if they're fans of that energy, they will follow it. If they right. were fans of graphic novel, well, then they're mm-hmm. not going to follow to the prose book. If right. they were fans of Digger, the character, they're not going to follow to the novels. Um, and so there is some transferability. And so where we've got fans who are fans of the Taylors, some mm-hmm. of those people will probably follow me to my new projects. But right. people who were fans of Schlock Mercenary, the sci-fi action comic strip, <laughs> didn't necessarily yeah. follow me to my children's picture books. Um, no, no, I could. Yeah. Big, big different audience there. Yeah. Yeah. Very different yeah. audience. So, um, and so that's, that's an interesting, um, organizational, like creating productivity because I still have a lot of supportive work that I'm doing for mm-hmm. the existing business and keeping that going. And for personally for Howard as his disability aid and executive function. But on top of that, I'm also needing to find time to write these other books and right. then edit these other books and get them to exist. I need them on the table um, mm-hmm. and I need them oh, yeah. on the table inside a year. And so 
because then I will know, okay, that will land some kind of a fish, how big a fish. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that a certain number that some people will buy this thing, but will it be enough? Will it be big enough? Will I need to go get another job? Will, you know, what are the things? Oh yeah. And, and it is this, um, you know, talking about rearranging the furniture around the elephant. This is part of the experiments that we're doing, you know? Yeah. What no, no. Yeah. What does it look like when Sandra has a job? What does it look like when we hire my son to be the warehouse as a manager? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been fantastic. That's given me time to write the book. Um, well, what happens when you, maybe you hit a point where you don't need to keep a warehouse anymore. Right. That's yeah. a, that's a further out. Cause I literally have tens right. of thousands of books in that warehouse. <laughs> oh yeah. Then you're not. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. But, um, but, but, uh, you know, yeah. You know, like this, one of the things that has always been true in our marriage is that we mm-hmm. kind of create this pile of shared things and then we apportion it out according to what makes sense. And right. early in our marriage, when Howard was working at Novell, um, it ended up looking very traditional, you know, husband mm-hmm. goes to work, his wife stays home and takes care of kids. And it's gotten a lot less traditional looking in the years, but the process hasn't actually changed. Yeah. Um, no, and no. as I'm stepping up and I may end up in a primary wage earner space, um, again, the process mm-hmm. holds, you know, we, Howard has started doing more cooking and, you know, even though that uses up his limited amount of energy, um, he's paying attention and making sure that I eat right because that's all. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I know. Yeah. I, I have health things that require, like I'm, I'm in the middle of an elimination diet, which is so much fun. Like, Oh God. Yeah. yeah no. Exactly. Um, type two, Type two diabetic here. So yeah, no, you have to go through the whole, the whole, well, what can't I eat? What, what shouldn't I eat? What can I eat? What can't I eat? What should I eat? Um, you know, what is the one thing you can have a day to keep yourself from going insane? So it's not so that you don't store everything up on a cheat day and just screw the entire thing up and, you know, for the, to screw all of your numbers up for the next three weeks because you just couldn't take it anymore. Right. Right. So, well, and, and there's also the, um, the noise, you know, yeah. the, the, the noise about what diet should be and what it shouldn't be and body positivity versus, uh, you know, gung ho fitness versus, you know, uh, listening to what your body needs versus sometimes our bodies lie to us about what they need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if you are not listening to the maintenance phase podcast, okay. they, one of the things they do is, is like all of the diets and the, all the books, all the, the feds, all of the different ones, they deconstruct and debunk and the whole thing. And they do it in such a funny way nice. that other than me occasionally staring at the, at the, you know, at wherever we're listening to it going, they didn't. Oh my God. They, no, no, that is just no. But yeah, that's, you know, not about them, but about the diet or however it was, right. it was put out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, no big fans here. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, especially if you're talking about productivity, 
Um, paying mm-hmm. attention to your food production can like that's a whole component of your creative life that people don't necessarily think about. But right. We've been doing a lot of thinking about that. I don't know if how we're talked about this, but front loading the cooking, buying an mm-hmm. instant pot. Um, God, you know, yes. Yeah. I, you know, doing a bunch of things. You know, you have your chopping day where you spend your energy chopping, and then for the rest <laughs> of the week, you can just fish out of the chopped bins. And right. You know, front and meal planning these kinds of mm-hmm. things. If you can shove all of that food thinking and coordinate off and contain it so that you don't end up with the what should I eat right now question. You will yes. make better decisions about what to eat right now because you're not deciding over and over and over. But also you have saved creative energy. You've just saved a decision that you can use on a creative thing instead yes. of a dinner. And, and that's yeah. huge. Oh, yeah. No, we have found a local restaurant this has been a this is a time saver for us that for an incredibly reasonable cost does a you know four days of dinners for two and we'll order them on friday pick them up on monday and then we have basically that is because i'm the cook also but that is four days that my cooking is what time do i preheat the oven and put the thing in and start the timer um and the cost is so reasonable that, uh, you know, Ursula, who grew up very, very uh, uh, poor. Yep. Uh, Those is, habits. I'm sure. Yeah, no, this is this is an extravagance. This is a huge thing. And she's, you know, I don't think I don't think we talk about it much outside of times like this. And she's coming in the house because she'll be like, you cut that right now. Um, <laughs> because she's embarrassed by it, because it's, it's such an incredibly well, it, privileged thing to be able to do. Well, and it's. But it isn't. Here's the thing. You're solving a food problem. You yeah. are, and, and you're doing it in a way that fits your finances. Mm-hmm. And um, it is this, this whole societal idea that we should all be chefs in our own homes. Oh. Uh, you know, and which, when you, if you look, and I, I haven't actually done the sociological study, but like culturally... We've mm-hmm. always clumped the cooking responsibilities. Oh yeah, and communalized them, and and shared them out. And the fact that uh, living in America, that our way of communalizing is to patronize restaurants, is not bad. Like that. Yeah. yeah. If you can afford it, and that solves a problem for you, absolutely wonderful. I wish we could all afford it. That's the piece that I think is sad is the part where we can't all afford to just feed ourselves in a way that lets us do other things. Yeah, no, there's, there's, and then there's the whole thing about how, well, you know, you could save so much money by cooking at home instead of going out. And I'm like, but that time you're, calculation. Yeah, you're 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 keeping it purely to a dollars and cents, not how much time does it take and how much does how much is your time actually worth? Because you know, for the the I, I think the example is the the single parent who has to maintain two jobs and has to feed themselves and their kids and can't spend you know x number of hours a week 
right. doing meal prep and all that sort of thing. You know, completely, it's a different equation. And there's kitchen equipment. Oh, yeah. You know? And that's not uh, cheap because if you buy the cheap pan, it tears up and wears out and the coating comes off and then it, you have to buy another cheap pan. You know, it's the We were, we were talking Vimes. about the Sam Vimes. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, the boots, the cheap boots versus the expensive boots. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, uh, all of that, money and effort has to go into food anyway. Mm -hmm. And so finding the food solution that works for you and then excusing yourself from the guilt around your so food hard. Solution, yes. Because mm -hmm. that guilt is taking up creative space in your brain. It is right. sitting there in your head and coping with it and justifying it and having conversations with your guilt is creative energy you could spend on something else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, listeners out there, I give you permission to eat in the way that works for you. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> do it. Yes. Find and, um, a solution. Yeah, and one of the most creative things, and I mentioned this to Howard as well, there is a book that I cannot remember off the top of my head about how that communal cooking and socializing was used to spread the message of suffrage mm. with the suffragettes in the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, especially uh, a lot of the techniques were used because many of the suffragettes were abolitionists. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was also how the abolition message often got spread. There's a huge, yeah. a beautiful documentary called Prohibition. It's three parts long. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was done by PBS. Um, and it gets deep into the movements and how they intertwined for abolition. And oh yeah. Prohibition and, uh, and, and, and how it came Suffrage. into existence yeah. and how it, mm -hmm. you know, how did this thing even get passed? Because there's no way. Like today, no way. Yeah, no. And no, and no. and how did it sneak? And 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 it's super fascinating, especially from uh, somebody who wants to study uh, human psychology and human behavior. How does how does this movement mm -hmm. happen? How does it form? And and for me, the, one of the big takeaways is that when women collectively get fed mm -hmm. up with something, the world changes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's uh, there's there is a, even another tie-in in there, and that is um, there is a book if you haven't read it, and I've recommended it um, several times on the show. People are probably sick of hearing of it, but it's called a Square Meal. Okay. And um, I I will put links in the show notes. I will send you links to all of these books anyway. Um, but it's specifically about um the nutrition programs that came out of World War I and how that impacted feeding the populace during um, the Depression hmm. when there were shortages because of the food, uh, because of the Dust Bowl and the migrations and the financial situation. And then how the people who were arguing about give, feeding people then um, are using this, those arguments have been in use for, you know, 150, 200 years at this point, all right. with the same, well, if we don't feed them, they won't work. If we, or if we feed them, then they won't want to work and they, you know, people must work like right. kind of argument. And you so, yeah, no, existence. it's, 
Yeah. And it's a, it's a whole. Vehemently do agree, disagree with, but okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but there's, but there's a whole fascinating bit on right. here is how, you know, here's the office that was designed to do, to write the recipes, to put in the newspapers, to use the things that we were distributing to people so that they had pre-made recipes. Right. And so, contributions and things. Yes. And, and that stuff gets so deeply ingrained, you know, yes. so deeply ingrained. We st- Howard and I fight this all the time. You know, we'll be at the end of the day and we're exhausted and we need to eat. And, and Howard will have to fight. I didn't, do enough work to earn eating out. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and that thoughts in his head and, Mm -hmm. and we just like, you you keep pulling that root trying, but the root, like the roots go so deep, it springs back up. And now it's actually a question, you know, it's much more of a, a balancing act because now there's a reason maybe like with the fatigue and with the limitations now it's like, yes, but, or I don't like the phrase. Yes, but it's yes. And Mm -hmm. you don't feel that way. And you did a lot of work and you are tired and cannot possibly cook now. Right. Right. And, and if you do that now, you will pay for it tomorrow. Right. And it's a, it's a whole feedback. You know, you got to short circuit that feedback loop. Right. Well, and right. again, you know, hailing back to early in the conversation, talking about resentment mm-hmm. and bitterness, these thoughts come from the financial fear, you know, we're yeah. going to run out of money. And, and those uh, 20 years of creative living, uh, mm-hmm. that's probably just like a groove that's been worn in the brain and is never going to go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Um, we're always going to be financially afraid at some level because, uh, yeah, for the first yeah. six or seven years, we felt like the, the bumblebee that nobody can explain why it flies, but it just has to keep flapping. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, we don't know yeah. why this is working. It doesn't feel like it should be working. We're, just keep yeah. flapping. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. And now no. we have a lot more language on how, how our business works mm-hmm. and how bumblebees work. But, um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. that doesn't make us that that urgency. Got to keep flapping. Got to got to work got enough. Got to get mm-hmm. enough done um, to oh, prove yeah. value, to prove that I'm worth the food I consume. Um, yeah, and or in, or in Ursula's case, she's like she has deadlines that are going mm-hmm. that are being impacted. And so rather than negotiate new deadlines, she's just front loading it all right now and is finishing edits for that aren't due for like three months. And the book that's due next month, she's already turned in and, you know, all this sort of thing, um, which, you know, because you have to get because we don't know what next month looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We have Schrodinger's schedule right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and that's, that's where you have to say, okay, how much do we just roll with that? And how much do we, mm-hmm. as the, as the, the live in other brain, how much do you yes. fight against the anxiety and how much do you just say, okay, you know what? This is helping you stay distracted. This is giving mm-hmm. you a thing to do. Uh, you need to be f- focused on something. Stay here. This is a better yeah. one than, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> rabbit holes on the internet about your particular type of tumor. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. And, but like. Oh, tumor, Bob. Oh, um, man. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she, she named it because once nope. she's got a name on it, now we can, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. It's, so. it's, it's manageable and containable, and yeah. we can all make jokes about tumor, Bob. So, you know. Yes, exactly. We, we, we live on our dark humor. That's how we surf over whatever comes. This, this should tell everybody the exact day we're recording. Um, no, she got the, the news back from her TC, her CT scan that was yesterday. Was mm -hmm. it yesterday? Yeah, it was just yesterday. She did the CT scan and it is limited. It is perfect. The one tumor. It has not metastasized or spread in any way, shape or form. No, that's like tremendous. That's like perfect. that's a whole, that's a whole other relief off your brain. Right. Right. So, yeah. 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 No, but, uh, yeah. Make sure I put cancer in the warnings list up here for this episode. I mean, it's, it's sort of like yeah. my constant on all episodes for it, the, yeah, well, for I mean, year. you have to yeah. talk about your life and it's a reality of your life. And yes. if someone needs to take a break from the podcast for a few months, they can totally do that. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, just skip ahead. I would say skip ahead. I try to do the, the content warnings for, for the interview separate from, Right. The regular so that if people can just, just want to skip ahead to the interview, great. And right. then, you know, fast forward to the interview and then you don't have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's a lot. And, mm -hmm. uh, and part of the panic is in that Schrodinger schedule, you know, how much energy mm -hmm. will I have? What can I do? Yeah. How much, like how many question marks does this throw into next year? And, oh no yeah and, as the person who has things that are already being planned for next year yeah that's exactly where i'm at it's yeah. like okay yeah yeah no and, and uh i one of the things i had to learn as a person who wants to schedule things i want to mm -hmm. know okay this is when our next kickstarter is going to be this is when our next thing is going to be i had to learn that the book is done when the book is done um, right and uh and that howard it won't be done until at least two iterations after I think it's good enough. You know, he will link <laughs> something back and change oh, it yeah. and fix it um, because he's not happy with it. And it's always better. And so I have to let yeah. him do the yoink and I have to let him take the extra week and a half or mm -hmm. one day or, or two hours, whatever it is, and let him do it because until he does the thing, his brain can't let go and call it done. You right. Know, speaking of the things our brains will let go and won't let go of. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been a real huge shift mm -hmm. in dynamic in our relationship because I spent 25 years running to keep up with him and now I'm waiting on him. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's hard on both of us because he wants to be the guy who runs. He wants to mm -hmm. run and run and run. And, uh, and he's had to learn how to pace himself, which is mm -hmm. probably good for him in some ways, but he yeah. hates it. I mean, hey. it was going to happen sooner or later. It just yes. would have been nice if it had been later and a little yes. less abrupt. Yes. Well, and yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and, and it's the, you know, moving the furniture. I, I keep coming back around to that elephant. Elephant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and moving the furniture around and, and then the elephant shifts and you have to move the furniture again. And yeah. Know, um, now it wants to light a couple friends over. Yeah. It invites a couple friends over for drinks and now you've got to deal with that too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then it goes out for lunch and doesn't come back for three days and maybe it's gone, but nope, wait, never mind. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. And that's yeah. planning productivity around variable capability. I, I feel like I want to be able to give people answers to that. And I'm still figuring no, it out. I mean, I mean, but that's the thing. And it's going to be different for everybody's situation. It's more like, here are strategies. Like, that's how to approach it. Here are strategies. This is what works for us. It may not work for you. Right. Here are things that didn't work for us. One of them might work for you or none of them might work, work right. for you. Um, one of the favorite, one of my favorite things to say is keep what works and toss out the rest. Right. You know? Well, and recognize that uh, it's always iterative. I mean, oh, yeah. even, even if you don't have a big health elephant in your life, even if you're a female mm -hmm. and, and you can put in those 60 hour or 80 hour work weeks, week on week, um, <laughs> something's going to shift mm -hmm. at some point. And what used to work no longer works. And, and being able to just say, well, okay, new system. Yeah. You know, like I said, threw, threw everything out, started over with a brand new bullet journal and bare bones right. it. And, right. you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. Right. Um, well, and go so. back, going back to basics and going back to yeah. simple and going back to, um, you know, what didn't break. <laughs> My mm -hmm. life fell apart. Cool. I have a bunch of pieces. What didn't break? What can I, what is my new, what is the new stable thing that I can start as my new basis for what? Oh, yeah. 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 And also looking back and realizing, okay, here are the basics that I got into this whole productivity thing around and too much, too much, too much, too much. Right. Right. You know? Well, and um, so. as I say, you know, what didn't break? One of the things that I strongly advise people, if you are in a period of good energy and good health and good finances and good productivity, oh, yeah. stabilize yourself. Build stability. If you have good finances, maybe buy housing that you can keep yes. as a buffer. You know, mm -hmm. if you are in good energy, um, what can you do to uh, you know, the chopping versus the, the using the chop, the, yeah. you know, front yeah. load and think about that on a, on a, a mac macro scale on a months mm -hmm. and years scale, because one of the reasons that we've actually been able to do the creative living that we have is that we always knew we wanted it. And so when right. he was working at Novell and he was getting a, what at the time was a really great salary, um, but now it would be middling. Um, uh, oh no, I, I, I yeah. worked for a company that was, uh, our whole, uh, I don't know how, well, no, he was at Novell for several years before all of this. Right. Yeah. So I worked for this little company called Da Vinci email in Raleigh. 
that was purely that was designed around and built, you know, pretty much specifically for. We are an email system to run on Novell, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In the in the early nineties, and so, but I I know how much like Novell, how much revenue Novell was generating yeah. at the time, and you know, yeah, how, and he was a product you know, line manager, you know. Um, oh yeah. yeah. No, well, he was. We should talk because we probably have complaints about the same software, but for you different should, reasons. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. Probably. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. No, he worked there for eleven years. Um, okay. Yeah. And we, and we used that time to we bought a house. And mm-hmm. we paid down our debts and we, you know, we built stability for the yeah. future. And that actually is what currently one of my panics right now. We're actually okay. You know, I look at, I can mm-hmm. pay bills. We've got another Kickstarter coming. We're fine. The panic is I need to pay down some debts and prep us because yeah. I don't know what's two years out. And, oh, and yeah. so I need more stability now. So that two years out, I can coast longer on less. Yeah. And that's surprisingly, that's, I find myself in a similar situation, like financially for the medical stuff, we're actually in a really good place. Right. But good. Yay. The, yay. Um, and I have great health insurance, good. which is a bonus. Um, but I still have, you know, my youngest is still in college. I'm still paying for that. No student loans for for my kids, right? But right. you know, and so I'm I'm managing the, you know, how do I pay down? I'm paying down debt. I'm making sure he gets through college and doesn't have to worry about these things, um, so that he's set up, right. so he isn't walking out of you know, so he doesn't walk out of graduation with this giant bill of oh, by the way, you now own the oh, you know, right. the government how much money. Um, Unlike, I'm sure, many of his, the, you know, many of the other students graduating today. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to pay down debt so that if after all of this is over, after, you know, and all of this is taken care of, I'm not sitting there going, well, I had to overextend everything and now I'm boned. Right. Right. I, right. So that I, I rebuild those buffers. Right. Let's see. And that's yeah. that in that way, disability living is no, not any different from what we've always done. You know, it right. is just the panic now to stabilize so that, mm-hmm. so that we can take advantages of the good times and mm-hmm. buffer against the harder times. Uh, yeah. Because we're variable income. We've always been like Kickstarter, big pile of money, make it last. Big pile mm-hmm. of money, make it last. Yeah. That is the, the pattern of my life. And absolutely terrible for getting uh, the government does not understand variable income. No, Metal, no, I mean taxes are yeah. terrible. FAFSA is terrible. Like it's no, no, terrible. it's it's. I mean, everything Ursula does, everything a professional author with a traditional <clears throat> publishing deal deals with is basically you are a ten ninety nine mm-hmm. tax form contractor, and so and the government hates that. Oh yeah. So you know, yeah, yeah they, I they want. Steady stream. Yeah. We got into our house when Howard was working at Novell and there was a paycheck. We could prove that we could pay for the house, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, otherwise we would have been in much, a much more complicated place. Uh, people, it, oh, can yeah. done. it can be done, but it's just complicated. No, I, I, uh, we had to, we refinanced just before the pandemic. Nice. Um, so, well, 
because I had the emergency divorce refinance, mm. I had a variable rate mortgage, which mm. was great for the decade prior, the, yeah. the decade I had it, because interest rates just kept going down. So my payment kept right. going down, but it was a 40 year and it was going to go back up and we were, we refinanced into a fixed, but we had to do the whole thing with, okay, here's how we prove she has income so that we can get approved for this loan. And it doesn't have to be just me, Yep. which, you know, and, and all of that stuff, it's, it is a nightmare. Yeah. Well, and I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, the variable rate thing is biting us right now. So yeah. 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 I, yeah, I understand completely. Yeah. Going up. That's, that is mm-hmm. also a source of panic. So, yeah. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Wow, we we have been all over the place with all of that. Um, I don't know if we need to find out what a typical day looks like because it's probably, I, I how how strong is your routine? I think is the question that comes up with that one. Yes, it, it is very strong and completely floppy at the same time. <laughs> no, that's yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. You know. um, there are there are patterns and and flow uh especially mm-hmm. in the weeks but on an individual day it really there was more pattern when i was working at the nonprofit yeah um but yeah. uh but for the most part it is howard and i in the kitchen in the morning saying what's your list what's my list what do we need to switch <laughs> lists what how right. can we how can i help you how can you help me and and so the I guess the 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 one kind of stable point is those kitchen meetings. There's usually one in the morning, and there's one mm-hmm. midday ish, and then by evening it's the the uh, post mortem on the day, you know. Right. <laughs> and and uh, a lot of that happens literally in front of the TV. We collapse and watch something mm-hmm. for a couple hours, you know, um, yeah. and and have downtime because watching something is the only way to make our brains shut up. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, there are patterns, um, but they are not at all strict. Um, no. And, and they're more, it's more like weekly patterns than daily patterns. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't need to give you the recommendations for evening watches because I gave them all to Howard. Excellent. And Excellent. I think he wrote them down or, you know, noted them down. So probably yeah. didn't. So you can go ahead and email them to me because, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the streaming service you need for this one. Here's the streaming service you exactly. need for that one. Like, I I did give him the the um the technique that my cousin uses, mm-hmm. which is subscribe to say Netflix for three months, mm-hmm. watch all of the things that are Netflix exclusives. Yeah. Right. End that subscription, subscribe to Disney Plus for the next yep. three months, watch everything that, you know, and just rotate through the subscriptions to keep up to date. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have some stables and we have some, some ones that we rotate through. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, a typical yeah. day doesn't have a typical in it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> advice, best advice or feedback that yes. I Yes. <laughs> There's been so much advice on yes. the, what you would give. Um, like I have like pages of it now. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's been like all I've been mm-hmm. doing. So maybe we can just call that one. Well, no, the, the interesting thing is here's all the stuff you've given. You have given so much, but what has been given to you? 
what has been one of the most valuable things, pieces of advice that's been given to you through all of this? It's not advice. It's a gift. Okay. Um, and one of the concerns that I carried when I picked up the job at the nonprofit and as I was mm -hmm. looking at when we were still in the can Howard still do sketch editions and right. can what, what even is possible. Um, and I was looking at maybe I have to become the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. um, one of the questions was how does this change our relationship dynamic? Right. When uh, <clears throat> we've always had Howard as a primary breadwinner and, and that falls into all of the socialized expectations of society and we're yeah, not yeah, yeah, to yeah. apply them. Um, and so I kept waiting for him to resent or to uh, be frustrated by the, like, I have meetings. Nope. I'm out of the house. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm unavailable for you over and over and over again. And I kept waiting for him to be resentful and he never was. Okay. You know, yeah. Not once. And, or if he was, he never told me, which is the same <laughs> thing. You know, right. that means he's an adult who's handling his own emotions and not asking me to handle them for him. And, yeah. and um, because we all have untidy emotions. We all have oh, yeah. heavy, terrible things that happen in our heads. And if we don't make other people responsible for them, that is the way we be kind about them. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that gift, when you can partner with somebody and honestly and truly say, go be as big as you can be, mm -hmm. um, that, that is the person you want to be for the person you have. I, I, yeah, no, I try so hard to be that person myself. So yeah, yeah. no, that's, but I mean, it's it, and it's, it's a, a two way street, you know, um, mm -hmm. It is, I loved, I saw a clip from Brene Brown this last week um, and she's always brilliant, always. Um, but she was like, it's never 50-50 in a marriage. It is, uh, you know, I'll come home and say, okay, honey, I got 20%. And he's like, it's okay, I'll, I'll cover the 80. And, or there's the day they come home and they both have 20% and they're like, well, then let's scrape a bunch of stuff off so there's less. Yeah. You know? um, but that recognition of, mm -hmm. of we're not going to draw a line and say, this is your half and this is my half. It is, yeah. we are working together to cover what needs to be covered. And sometimes that means one person gives 5% and the other person does the mm -hmm. 95. As long as, and, and when you talk about 5 and 95, um, you are also talking about capacity. You know, yes. Howard giving 90% of what he has right now looks very different than 90% of what he could give me 10 years ago. It is different. Oh, yeah. But I have to recognize that he gave me 90, even though mm -hmm. the, the, the real world output is different mm -hmm. than what it was. Yeah. And so, um, and so I've ended up back in an advice place. I'm really <laughs> no, 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 it's, but it's fine because it all ties together and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It's, it's, it's good. Um, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we're we're gonna skip. I think we can skip uh, the failure question because I think we've talked about overcoming adversity so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. In this one, that I think we know how you deal with it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because it's it's iterative. It's you know there's a, a lot of all right. This didn't work. Next. Yep. You know there's the analysis. I don't think we. I think we already know the answer to that question. So. Yep. We're just going straight. We're just going to skip it. We're going to go straight to the fun one, which is, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Success is tricky because, (laughs) well, I mean, no, it's because it doesn't happen when you expect it. It's out Mm -hmm. of sync with when people think it ought to be like, you should be celebrating. Um, But uh, there are moments where they're in sync, like the conclusion of a successful Kickstarter. Uh, we right. have a celebratory moment that is successful and is visibly successful. But like you mm-hmm. get this with Ursula, she signs a contract and can't say anything about it. Yeah, for exactly. Months or, you know, a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and so a lot of times in a creative career, the, the success is kind of tangential and sideways to what people think it should be. And this is true for parenting my kids too, you know, like, mm. Oh like, God. Yeah. Like, the successes of my neuroatypical children do not look, we have not followed patterns here, like <laughs> no patterns, yeah, no, no. made up our own paths. And, and so I have learned to celebrate not waiting for the big things, celebrate mm-hmm. the little things. I did my writing today or, you know, uh, we, <laughs> I planned a shipping day and everybody showed up and no one had a meltdown. <laughs> right. Yeah. My shipping crew all Sorry. showed up for me. Yay. That's a success. Yay. We have this moment of pause and say, yay. And uh, we are heavy on uh, food celebrations. We tend to buy food as celebrations. Yes. Um, occasionally uh, I will. I've actually been trying to do this more. Look mm-hmm. around in my local neighborhood and find something that just looks small and fun and preferably free that I can just <laughs> go take myself to do. Like the, a local museum or there was a right. festival, uh, a heritage festival that I attended a couple of weeks ago. Or um, this one had tickets, but there's a water lantern festival that I'm going to take myself to. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so doing some of those things, Howard can't do them with me, Mm -hmm. um, trying to pull him out and make him go do things is contraindicated right now for a number Mm -hmm. of reasons. Oh yeah. 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 But so that I can feel I'm going to go do them. And I'm Mm -hmm. also not going to try and make my kids go do them with me. Because then I'm taking care of my kids while I like, you know, and so I'm, I'm trying to celebrate and find joy that exists separate and exists, from, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. feeding me, taking care of me. And actually I'm going to look you in your eyes and point at you. You have a lot of caretaking coming. Oh, I know. Make I know. sure. I, this is, this is going to sound funny. Um, I kind of front load them. I front, I kind of front load that a lot, a little bit because what I've been doing, um, 
uh, I call it, and uh, listeners, you're about to hit the skip 10 seconds, skip 10 seconds button, I know. Again, um, I call it the Lemmy Bowie Fry Prince Rule. Okay. And that is because uh, several years ago, I don't know how up on you, uh, Lemmy from Motorhead died in December. And then both David Bowie and Glenn Fry died in January, and then Prince died in April mm-hmm. in this, this sudden block. And I said, I had said for all of them, I'll see them next tour. Mm-hmm. I'll see them next tour. I'll catch them next tour. I don't have time right now. I don't. And so I said, if I want to see these artists and I want to express how much I appreciate them uh, to them, I am going to go see them. And when I can, I will get the meet and greet right? because I'm in a position to do that now. And so like stacked in, and it follows my friend uh, Taurus's philosophy of he doesn't collect things. I mean, I still collect things cause I have, you know, I, I have grabby little hands and some things are just too good to pass up, but I've been collecting a lot of memories and mm-hmm. it's really nice to put on you know, the, uh, the album for, I just saw Nita Strauss, who is, um, one of her day jobs, day jobs is Alice Cooper's guitarist. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the other is, uh, apparently she's, she's also Demi, um, uh, Lovato's guitarist, right. She has solo albums. I saw her live. I got to meet her in person and all that stuff, you know, um, like a month ago, I can put on the album and go, yeah, I remember when she played that and she was right there and it was amazing. And, you know, just being able to take that. And, you know, the other thing is I, I have little moments of joy and frustration every day. He says, looking at chicken cam and one of the babies that is just not is taking its own sweet time about not going into the coop tonight as it gets darker out there. You know, uh, those are, uh, that is all self-care. Those are all little celebrations. I believe me, I celebrate when I don't have to pick up a, you know, I don't have to chase a baby chick back in, or I right. don't have to pick up a, a hen who's like, no, I am okay to sleep on top of the, on top of the coop. <laughs> Yet, no, you're not. The fox will come get you. Right. Um, right. But those are the little, you know, that's 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 how I take care of myself. And if well, so I, I love that yeah, because you what yeah. you're doing is you're like okay. I kind of got a dark forest ahead of me and I don't know what's in there, but I can throw Mm -hmm. some lights ahead into the path in the future. And, you know, you may get to one of those and realize I really can't do that concert today. Sad, but, but you've given yourself the opportunity. You've given yourself the light to head towards. And um, one of the things that I realized last year, when we went back to Gen Con after the Mm -hmm. two pandemic years, and we went back to Gen Con, I realized how critically important it was to have Gen Con as a thing to plan for and plan around. Mm-hmm. Have a future event that we are aiming oh, yeah. our efforts towards gave organization to the entire year. And, and, and so yeah. having a joyful thing out there in your future that you've bought tickets for or, or you know, oh, yeah. that is a way to pull yourself forward through the dark yeah we we had to take one of and i can't actually i don't know if i'll be able to talk about it i'm just going to say we had to one of the appearances we were going to make we had to postpone a year 
yep. one of our favorite events. And so it's like, yeah, okay, is this coming out? I think this is actually coming out the weekend, the week of, so uh, or just after those announcements will be made. But that's just, uh, uh, yeah, it's a huge, that's a huge thing. Like we can't do it this year, but we can next, right? And we've had to do that with a couple things, yes. Right, and we'll see if the others are able to do next year or how they want to handle it, right? But you know, being able to say, here is a place we love to go, a place we love to visit. I'll tell you after we're done recording. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and um, yeah. uh, it's, you know, there now. Okay. We're just putting a pause on it and we'll do it. Right. right. And, yeah. and that's, that's a, you know, there's a whole grief around having to, to say no, you know? Yes. Um, oh yeah. And, but there's also, the very important light out there you get, you get to, mm-hmm. you plan for it, you aim at it. And, mm-hmm. and yes, life has left turns and maybe you don't get to, but it doesn't matter because the planning for it and the aiming for it is a mm-hmm. benefit to your life. Even if oh yeah, life goes left before you get there. Um, a piece of wisdom that was given to me by, of all people, my cousin, many years ago, I interviewed her for the show. And what she said was, I had to learn that saying no is giving someone else the opportunity to say yes. That saying no is not just a gift to yourself, but it is a gift to someone else right. who may really want to do that thing. Yep. You know? Yep. So. Yeah. The little things we keep we keep locked, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we save up and for whatever. Yep. So uh we've talked a lot mm-hmm. about that. There's only one thing left to to talk about while the recording's running. Ha right. ha people. Uh and that is um in 2021 at this point, um, we said we don't we're we're in a great shape place financially. We still are. Mm-hmm. And so we think that our guests should recommend places for our listeners to send their money instead of to us. Cause there are people who need it so much more than we do. And, um, Oh God, the number of times I've had to say, no, I do not wish to monetize my podcast to people. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, because we're other people need it. I don't. Um, so, uh, where would you like our guests to send money this week? Teen author bootcamp. Ooh. Um, yes. Uh, teenauthorbootcamp.com. Uh, this is the nonprofit I worked for for nine months last year. They are uh-huh. fantastic people. Mm-hmm. Um, I no longer work for them, so this doesn't benefit me in any way at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. But what they do mm-hmm. is they run in-person conferences for teenage writers. Um, they try and scholarship 20% of their attendees at every event, a minimum mm-hmm. of 20%. The other thing that they do is they run a program called Book Drop, where they <clears throat> pick a school, like Title I school, and an author, and they buy enough books for every kid in that school to get a book. Oh, wow. And they send mm-hmm. the author to the school, and they do a, a an assembly and give every kid a book. And they try and aim these for there's areas mm-hmm. in the country where kids have never owned a book. This is the first book they've ever owned. Right. And so they do some really fantastic. And that is just scratching the surface about how amazing these people are. 
Um, wow. Yeah. Uh. So teen author bootcamp, uh, I, on their website, there's mm-hmm. a donate link. I can find a specific link to hand to Kevin so that it can be given, but, uh, they're yeah. fantastic yeah. people. Um, yeah. Oh, my Google full is foo is strong, but you know, if you happen to have all these links handy anyway, just okay. pop them in an email. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. That is all the official stuff and a yeah. fantastic conversation. Where can people find out more? I know your Patreon. Yes. Right. There's a Patreon and uh, all the other places. So uh, what do you feel like sharing? Well, um, there's mm-hmm. the Patreon. There's the, um, I have a website, sandrataylor.com. Um, I have a blog. I have a newsletter. I send out once a month. Um, the newsletter is a combination of a topic that's on my brain. I, I, <clears throat> I've always loved writing letters to people. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And so it is kind of a chatty, I'm talking to you, my friend, about whatever's in my head, the letter. letter. Plus, mm-hmm. And then there's an update section on working on this and, you know, whatever um, that's going on. Um, the Patreon has a new feature where my reader tier, which is the, I believe $5 tier. And then Mm -hmm. the community tier, they get to pick a topic for me. And and then I can say, there's a poll and pick a topic and I'll write something about it. So it's sometimes might be a poem, might be a short story. I just give a little teaser and then they pick and then I write a thing. And that's a thing I'm, I'm working on (laughs) doing. Um, awesome. Yeah. And then of course, cool. uh, by next year, I'm hoping to have more books on the table, but they're mm-hmm. not there yet. So. <laughs> Ooh, yes. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see that you have set up for these sorts of things cause there's a, there's a schlock mercenary and there's the, the coin book and there's the current X, the new XDM and your books. And you've got that just mm-hmm. set out so that if you're doing a video call, people can see, you know, yes. it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I've, it's, I've got my array. You know, behind me this is my <laughs> zoom corner where ah, okay yes yes <laughs> my pandemic so, zoom corner is still in use <laughs> no no tell me about it um yeah so well thank you thank you so much absolute joy and uh you know if if when you want to come back uh you are always welcome thank you so thank yeah you. pleasure and then for the people at home we'll be right back after this Ursula has to go record a thing for, I don't know, I I think it's in case she wins some award or another. That's just how these things work. And so left me here to wrap things up. First thing I want to say is thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Howard. It was a joy talking with y'all, and we're certainly looking forward to doing it again in the future. Maybe we won't wait like four years. That, That just seems like a good idea. All right, so I have a word for you. And our word this week is boomerang days. 
um, referencing the days when all of Sandra's email returns to her inbox and she has to to uh, deal with it after snoozing things. So yeah, the boomerang days is our word. You can use that word in the activities code box on productivityalchemy.com where you will get a badge that was specially made just for you. Okay, it was specially made just for this episode, but when you claim one, that one will be just for you. And it will have all the metadata from open it, with the open badges thing that says that you, you yourself listened to Productivity Alchemy episode 313. You can find out more about the badges and see a whole bunch of them at productivityalchemy.com. Just choose the badges menu item. And while you're there, you can look at the show notes. You can listen to old episodes. You can look at show notes from old episodes. It's all there. It's all there. There's even a bio of myself and Ursula, should you need it for some unbeknownst reason. I don't know if we need to update those right now or not, but we, we will at some point, I'm sure. There is also a page that is not forbidden. It used to be forbidden. But there's a page with all of the charities our guests have suggested over the last, I guess, year and a half, two years. So that's right there. And the addition this week, when I get around to putting all of the additions into the uh, sheet so I get everything updated, is the Teen Writers Bootcamp, which is a... Um, an in-person conference for teen writers and uh, tuition is like 20 to 30% scholarships and they give books to schools. And so you should really check them out. Sandra is a, is a supporter proponent, um, teenauthorbootcamp.com. And you know what? I, I love the idea of helping young creative people be even more creative. So there you go. Um, and that is it for this week. We hope you all have a good week, and we hope that you all manage to um, stay productive, whatever that looks like. I mean, sometimes productive is just, you know, running around as a little mini person in a garden and, you know, taking out weevils and lawn fleas. <laughs> <laughs>